Folks, you're going to love today's Light of the Southwest here on GLC. None other than a favorite, Valerie Moody. How you doing, Valerie? I'm doing well, Brent. How are you today? I'm doing great. So enjoyed getting to know you a little more before the taping. Valerie, people who see you on GLC, they recognize you. And they've heard your great teaching before. Of course, at the bottom of your screen, folks, there's vmoody.com. Definitely want you to go to that. Also, you want to get this new book, Hidden Treasures of Kingdom Prayer. But those who are familiar with Valerie Moody uh, through the years, so many of, of you viewers and especially women too, you, you didn't know where to go to learn about the feasts, you know, and things like that. Valerie is your source for that and so much more. And Valerie, it's so good to see your face again. Well, it's good to see you too. And it's such an honor to be here and to be on GLC. I'm so excited about this new season for GLC. And I'm glad uh, that we can talk about that and that I can be with you today. Well, I am gl I'm glad too. And, and I'm excited because you're going to have your teachings back on here. Yes. Uh, you know, of course, people can, can get a hold of your resources, your ministry. Uh, man, Covenant Footsteps Ministries, you know, for those who are watching for the first time and those who maybe haven't seen you in a while, would you re reintroduce us to your ministry right now? Yes, I certainly will. Uh, my husband and I lead tours to Israel and on our last tour to Israel, which was in pre-COVID times, was really uh, um, eight years ago. We followed the footsteps of the Israelites. We went all the way to a lot. We crossed over into Jordan and we went up the King's Highway just like they did. We went in on the Sunset Road, which Deuteronomy 11 verse 30 talks about. We went straight to Mount Eval and Mount Gerizim and we declared his covenants in that land. So we followed the footsteps of the covenant. And so that's why I call my ministry Covenant Footsteps Ministries. Literally. And of course, it's not just about uh, tours to Israel. In fact, with all the COVID mandates and all the stipulations, that's not even the primary part of what I do now. It's a teaching ministry. I want to get back to Israel as soon as possible. But in the meantime, I'm all about teaching what his covenant is and how we walk in that covenant and how we know our redeemer and understand that he redeems us because he loves us. Wow. You know, I have heard that when people go to Israel for the first time, I haven't been in Israel yet, but when they go to Israel for the first time, I hear quite often that their life has changed. Tell, tell us, obviously it's a life changing moment, but, there's just something about the land. There's something about the land. I, I would love to. Tell me when to stop. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about Israel at length. But uh, anytime a tour group gets on the bus and they're going up the hills, they're going up to Jerusalem, um, because it, it's a, at a higher elevation than the the sea level. And of course, Tel Aviv and the airport's at sea level. So you go up to get to Jerusalem, but you come up over a hill on that highway. And before you even see the city, people start crying. And even the bus drivers who do not yet know Jesus or Yeshua, if we use his Hebrew name, 
they say, you know, that happens all the time. People just begin weeping and they, you know, they're, they're not only moved in Jerusalem, they're moved in every part of Israel. When we get to the Galilee, which is where the Messiah did most of his ministry, there is such a, such a feeling there of love and joy and peace. And I firmly believe that when people go to Israel, the Lord can tell you something that you can't hear here. You get there and the land helps him speak or the land is also speaking or he anoints the land to speak. It's something that we really can't explain very well in English, but I have some examples. When on that Covenant Footsteps tour, when we went in 2014 and I took that ministry name, uh, Covenant Footsteps Ministries, we got to Mount Gerizim and it was in the month of March it, it was raining, the wind was blowing, and it was raining horizontally parallel to the ground. It couldn't have been worse for all the 80-year-olds that were on the bus. And they actually chose to stay on the bus, and we, it broke our umbrellas. The, uh, we had a tour guide, a Messianic believer, who took us underneath the platform up on Mount Gerizim where people stand to look out over Shechem, which is in the valley below. He said, let's get under here. We're not supposed to be under here. And if the authorities come, I'm not your tour guide, okay? And we said, okay, we're good with that. So we had to go under there for an hour, maybe an hour and a half to get out of the weather. And we prayed and we, we did all kinds of things. We read the covenant, we did everything. And when we came out and the weather changed and we walked to the edge of the hill to look down at Shechem, a rainbow, I am not making this up, a rainbow appeared in the sky and it went all the way across Shechem and it ended right over Joseph's tomb. And the tour guide had just met us because he met us coming back over from Jordan. We didn't see him early on in the trip. We saw him at the, in the last half of our tour. And he said, you're a very strange people. But he said, he said, people, I want to tell you something. This is much more profound than you think. You know, to see a rainbow in the sky, it's only there for two minutes, the exact two minutes when we go to the edge of the hill and look out. He said, but this is much more profound than you think. That rainbow ends right over Joseph's tomb. And we've been waiting for you for 2,000 years. So we all start crying, we start weeping, we start hugging each other. And wow. those kinds of divine appointments are what a tour, at least our tours to Israel are filled with. Amazing. A amazing. Another time we had a group, uh, this was earlier on, this was in the 2000s. We had a group up on Mount Bintal and we'd gone into the auditorium there. There's a kibbutz kind of runs some of the services there. And we wanted people, our people, to see the, uh, the film that they made about the 1973 Yom Kippur War, because that's really a place it was fought. It's where the future of Israel, the future of the, you know, the Messiah is not returning to Chicago. I wish, <laughs> I, we're going to feel him there, but his feet are not going to sit down in Chicago. Isn't there a, a song, Jesus Just Left Chicago? 
<laughs> well, wow. his feet are not going to touch down in in Houston. Uh, uh, they're going to touch down on the Mount of Olives, and the Mount of Olives has to be in Israeli hands for him to do that. So, the 1973 Yom Kippur War was all about Jesus's return, and so uh, we're watching this film when he spoke something to me that I didn't know before. And the first time I ever shared it publicly was on GLC. And Al and Tommy were sitting right across from me. And Al said, you know, I've never heard that before. I've never heard anyone say that before on GLC. Well, I know why, because it didn't come from people. It didn't come from me. It came from him. But as we were watching the story of the 1973 Yom Kippur War and some of the supernatural things that happened. Um, And we can read about those. Those are all on the internet. The father spoke to me and he said, I anointed them to hold this land. And they run to the battle, they run to the battle line with with no thought of their own safety because I have anointed them to hold this land. It's in their DNA. They're holding this land for me. And, uh, and, and right about that time, the movie was talking about how a, a group of, of five 19 and 20 year olds are in a foxhole up there on Mount Bental or in that vicinity. And here comes Syria uh, with Russian tanks. Right. And uh, they're coming at them, 150 Russian tanks, coming at them and it's just five guys. Everybody's home for Yom Kippur. They're fasting. They're in their synagogues. They're repenting. It's the Day of Atonement. These guys know they're going to die, but they don't think about themselves. They don't think about running away. They put their weapons down. They stand in a circle. They take each other's hands, and they pray the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 and 5. Then they turn around, and they pick up their weapons, And it doesn't matter if they die, what matters is the kingdom and what God is doing through Israel and the role Israel plays in the kingdom. And that is what motivated those teenagers on Yom Kippur in 1973. And so they turn around, they pick up their weapons and they're they're ready to die. And the Syrian soldiers, the foot soldiers coming across the field, all of a sudden, they're they're alarmed and they turn around and they start running away. All those those Syrian foot soldiers are afraid of five Israeli teenagers holding the north border of Israel. And later on, some of them were captured and they asked them, why did you turn around and run away? And they said, well, didn't you see those great big guys standing behind you? And they saw through spiritual eyes angelic messengers, for lack of a better expression, standing there behind those five teenagers to hold the border of Israel. And they're they're not holding the border just for Israel. They're holding it for you and me. They're holding (laughs) it for Messiah's return. And this is the kind of thing that happens in Israel. Every time you turn around, you're looking at something that's in the Bible, something significant. And, And 
most of the archaeological discoveries that are proving the Bible is true are found by common people. They're found by tourists. They're found by um, electricians who, Israeli electricians or farmers who just happen to turn up something like, uh, you know, some seal that belonged to a government official that's mentioned in the Bible. Wow. And this is, a, Israel is, is, is not like any other land. And uh, when, and what I love about GLC's mission, it was simple at the beginning, we talked about this, and that is to get the hope of Jesus, the hope of Yeshua to the world, the message of scripture. It's very, very simple. And when you understand how simple he is, we're blown away by how profound he is, but the message of the Bible is actually really very simple. Well, so is what's going on in Israel, which is why simple everyday people find the most remarkable things and experience the most remarkable things to prove that the Bible is true. Wow. <laughs> to, to, to prove that it's always been true. It's always been true. Yeah. And it's not that the father needs proof. It's that our generation needs proof. You know, we are a generation that's grown up with television. We've had television on demand for so many years that we need proof. We need visual proof. And, uh, and Israel is there to give us visual proof that everything he says in his word is true. Wow. And you know, Valerie, some people, some people don't even know if they see it. You know, they, they don't know what to trust when they see television anymore, but they can trust television they see on GLC. And you've been a part of the heritage of GLC, as well as celebrating the heritage of Israel. I can't wait to go to Israel. I, I, oh, I think absolutely. I think a tour with you would be very uh, interesting. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, you probably don't do the typical uh, tourist tour. Okay. Um, we don't. That, would, that would be my guess. But you know, how, how important is it right now that people not only um, determine in their minds to learn the truth yes. um, of the Messiah, but that they, they connect with sources that they can trust, namely, in this case, pure, positive, accurate media? How important is that right now? Oh, it's, it's very, very important. I have an example. You know, sometimes at the end of the day, um, if I haven't caught any news during the day, and I'm not a news junkie by any means, I spend a lot more time in his word than I do with the news, because there's a lot of discouraging news out there. But I will run through my Apple news feed and I'm reading headlines and I'm reading maybe the first two paragraphs. And so um, as I look at that, I'm realizing when I put that device down and I go to sleep that I have, I have, I have looked at facts, but I haven't looked at the truth. And if we don't watch out, our lives are driven by facts, but they're not driven by eternal truth. And there's a difference. And so our world is full of facts, but as you know, facts can be manipulated or we are fed facts that aren't the whole story. We're given, um, you know, I was once on staff of a 15,000 member church and I worked with maybe a hundred missionaries. 
And one of the missionaries used to tell me, she would come back to visit and she would tell me, she'd point her finger at me, redhead, she was older, she had red glasses, we called her the Lucille Ball of missions. <laughs> and uh, I know we have people watching this who don't know who Lucille Ball is, but she was a comedian <laughs> from a long time ago. But, but Ginger would say, Valerie, America has the most controlled news media in the world. You have to go outside of American news media to hear what's really going on. And I think GLC is here to fill that gap because GLC is not the typical news media. They're all about truth rather than facts. And that's what's so exciting about this station. It is such an honor for me to partner with GLC because they have a kingdom mission to provide the truth. And the truth not only changes us, it changes our world and it builds his kingdom. And that's what's so wonderful about God's Learning Channel. Well, and you're a part of that wonderfulness. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've seen, and of course, I'm not from West Texas. I, I didn't watch GLC as long as, as a lot of our precious viewers have. But I knew it was special. And of course, this last uh, almost a year and a half, it's amazing to see behind the scenes, Valerie. Yes. Um, a Christian television network and, and, and God bless the other networks as well. But I have seen with my own eyes behind yes. the scenes at other networks. And let me just say that GLC is a pure ministry uh, from behind the scenes to the forefront. And yes. It's, it's drawing viewers and programmers who are all about the kingdom of God, not about themselves. They're about the Messiah. And they love Israel and they love America. Yes. And I don't know, I don't know if you're seeing this. Now you you were a journalist in the military. Yes. You I was. have more of a of an insight into what journalism is and what it's not. And so your views about journalism uh, mean a lot to me. Uh, you know, what 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 are you seeing right now uh, uh, from a journalistic background? You know, are we going in the right direction? What, what, what do we need to keep doing here? Well, um, GLC is going in the right direction. Most uh, typical media journalism is not, and I'll tell you why. We were always trained, and, you know, I was an active journalist, and I have also uh, was a journalist outside the military. I went on to work for the Austin American Statesman and several national magazines. So that's kind of my background. But I'm, I'm old school in that I was trained that journalism must be objective. You do not take an opinion. You do not express your opinion. It's up to the viewer. It's up to the reader to decide their own opinion about things. And so you present all the information and you let them decide. And hopefully led by the spirit of Adonai, they're going to choose God, and that's awesome. But journalism today presents an opinion. It has a slant. They intentionally leave out half the story so that they can channel the waters, so to speak. And, of course, water is a symbol of spirit. So they're channeling the spirit of America by the way they are 
presenting uh, journalistic articles, writing, broadcast journalism, the traditional American uh, nowadays, American journalism is all about um, uh, trying to sway people to one side activism. or another. Activism. It's all about activism. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it, it didn't used to be. It used to be objective. The journalist has a responsibility to be objective and not take an opinion. So when I write a book, like I write, I wrote The Feast of Adonai years ago. And when I came on GLC 20 years ago for the first time, it was for this book. Well, what's in this book is, is non-criticism of any group. I never criticize, I only present the truth about the feast from a biblical perspective and I let the reader make up their own mind. I've never criticized, I've never said uh, he's, he's not called Jesus. I've never said uh, anything like the church is doing a bad job. I don't believe that at all. So my job is to be objective as a journalist and to let people make their own decisions, to make up their own minds about everything, and uh, just to present uh, the, the biblical truth. And speaking of biblical truth, I've got a word of truth about GLC, and I've got some R words, words that start with the letter R. Okay. May I just share what those words are? The words which keep coming to my mind for GLC are all R words. They all start with the letter R. Redemption, restoration, renewal, and reviving. Redemption is the meta-narrative, the big story of the Bible, and GLC is so good at getting that message out there. So what do I mean when I say redemption? What does that term mean? The term redemption relates to a rescue, but it also means to cover and to protect. You know, the Hebrew term for redemption is geula. It comes from the root word ga'al, which first appears in scripture in Genesis 48, verse 16. This is the place where uh, Jacob is blessing Yosef's sons. He blesses them by referring to his heavenly redeemer. He acknowledges that he was rescued. He was covered. He was protected. In other words, he was redeemed, and that is what he said over those boys. And this is what I see for God's learning channel. He's redeeming the original mission. He has plans and redemptive purposes for GLC in this hour. And according to that word redemption, that means he is also covering GLC. He is protecting them to redeem what was lost. He's redeeming GLC today so that the station can function in its kingdom role in this season. I'm so excited about that for GLC and I'm honored to be part of that. Wow, we're honored that you're a part of it as well. And you've been a part of the journey, Valerie, and a lot of you watching right now, you've been a part of the journey as well. We're in a new season uh, and it is restoration. You know, sometimes uh, sometimes something that has been restored is better than it was before. 
you know i don't know but but in this season and, and in this hour uh people are hungry uh more hunger than they've ever been before to know yeah. truth yes. and, and and to have hope you know every time i go overseas valerie uh people tell me your media lies to you and i i don't think i don't think they've been I don't think they've been calling us stupid Americans for a, a lack of intelligence. I think they've been uh, calling us that because of our own media uh, that has been so taken over by our nation's enemies. Yes. Uh, you know, and, 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 uh, and that's nothing new, folks. But now it seems that uh, it's very clear to everyone that they can't trust uh, the world's media. They can't trust the world's government. They can't trust anything they see and they hear uh, unless unless there is an epiphany or unless there is something that they identify with in their spirit and i really believe that that is faith uh in, in our in our father yeah. i don't know about you valerie but it, but it almost seems like there's no longer christian and secular there's good and bad there's evil and good there's pro-family pro pro-faith pro-country and then there's everything vile it seems like the battle lines have been drawn. What side are you on, folks? There's no, there's no middle ground anymore. You, you either love your family and you love children or you hate them and you want to exploit them and you want to use them and destroy them and do the unspeakable to them. Seems like it's either one or the other, folks. I encourage you to stand on this side. Obviously, you are if you're watching this show right now. But Valerie, I'm excited about people like you. Because not only have you done great things and you have done exploits uh, for his kingdom, um, you know, uh, a leader that has no followers is just a person taking a walk. But you have, have experienced a demand from many people, especially women, who have been hungry to learn and they can't find it anywhere else, but they're gravitating towards you. That's why I'm excited about having you <laughs> on glc again all the new material that you have and for those who are watching right now and thank you for your words towards glc but for those who are hungry to learn more about the feast they want to know more uh, about context of scripture and and the true roots uh, of our faith where, where would you tell them to start if they're beginning their journey right here with glc and with valerie moody well, I would, I would say that GLC is a trustworthy source for truth. The, I love the, the rebuild uh, and the reboot of GLC because, as you said, there is purity of heart. And the beatitude is, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so there is purity of heart behind this new beginning, this fresh start for GLC. And so I believe it's a source that people really, truly can trust. And, uh, and, and we are, we're seeing that. We're seeing the evidence. We're seeing the restoration. We're seeing the redemption. Um, you know, the, the uh, GLC brings on teachers who are going to present truth and not present a slanted view because we anywhere else we turn outside of GLC and, and to most of the channels or most of the news sources that we turn to, 
they're all slanted. That's the way it is. That's the way it is in this country. And it wasn't how I was trained as a journalist, but it's where we are today. And the only thing I can say about this is look up for our redemption draweth nigh. This is part of everything that has to happen in this day and this hour to help bring the Messiah back. This is happening for a purpose. But most of us can't function, we can't be spiritually fed on the, on the quote-unquote facts that we are being uh, given out there in the news media. So GLC absolutely is a trustworthy source we can go to. And of course, his word. His word is absolutely true. Um, if it's not true in his word, it's good to ask if it's true at all. You know, I, I am so, uh, as I've said several times, I'm so excited about this reboot of GLC. And I have another example of redemption that I would love to share. I know I talked about Please. Jacob and that's where that word comes from. But I discovered something uh, about, uh, in the book of Esther, about uh, Esther when she went to the king that you know, it's in our Bibles, we've all seen it, but if we don't put two and two together, we don't understand the bigger picture of what the Father's doing. But this is an example of his redemption in action, and it applies to what you do, it applies to what I do, it applies to all of us who uh, love the Lord and, and feel like we're part of his kingdom in this day and this hour. Now, this is, this is the story, and it won't take long. We all know that Esther wins the favor of the king. She becomes queen and she's positioned for such a time as this so that he can deliver his people from genocide and uh, Jesus, Yeshua, could one day be born. If that hadn't happened, there would, the Messiah would not have come into the world because there wouldn't have been a Hebrew people to bring him into the, into the world. And so we all know that story. That's an easy takeaway from the book of Esther. But what we often miss is in Esther chapter 2, verse 16. We know she wins the favor of the king, but we don't dwell on the day of the year that she is first taken to the king. Yet scripture makes a very big deal out of telling us that it's the 10th day of the 10th month. Now that's the month of Tevet. Tevet 10 is the day recorded in Esther 2 verse 16 that she even goes to him and that this process of redemption is furthered in the kingdom. Now why would scripture record this date the way it does? Well, I think it's because it's remarkable timing. The tenth of Tevet may sound familiar to some of us if we love biblical history. Right. We might recognize this date if we love biblical history. Now, what day of the year did Babylon begin to besiege Jerusalem? They surrounded it so that no more food could come into the city, no more medical supplies, nothing that would allow the people inside the city walls to actually survive. You know that they, they, they besieged Jerusalem for two and a half years before it fell and before they destroyed the temple. So this would have been uh, in the year 66, 67, probably in the year 67, 
68, something like that. I'd have to look at the calendar. But they began to besiege Jerusalem on the 10th day of the 10th month to vet 10. And we find that in 2 Kings 25, verse 1. So once again, scripture makes a very big deal out of the same day of the year. Why? Why? This happens before Esther's even born. But we know this siege leads to the destruction of Jerusalem, loss of the temple, and the exile to Babylon. Now, the Jews had been commemorating this day in the fast of the 10th month for centuries. We, we read about the fast of the 10th month in Zechariah 8.19, so that's not something I'm making up that's in Scripture. And, and Orthodox Jews still celebrate the fast of the 10th month today. But the Jews of Esther's day had already been fasting and mourning on this day for over a hundred years before Esther went to the king. So what day of the year does she go to the king? She goes on a day of mourning. She goes on a day of fasting. So the Jewish people are mourning on this day. And they've been mourning on this day, this very day that Esther goes to the king. And so what we have in this, since this is the beginning of Israel's redemption and our redemption ultimately, the Father redefines that day of the year, a day that when bondage began, he makes it a day when redemption begins. So as Esther goes to the king, the Holy One is redefining Tibet 10. He's placing her in the position for such a time as this to help redeem and deliver his people. And the Holy One is going to do the redeeming. He redeems through his redemptive timing and his hidden miracles. But it's no accident that it happens on this day of the year, the day that, that, that triggered bondage and judgment and loss and death and destruction. He turns to redemption and life and restoration and renewal and revival. And so whatever has happened in recent history for God's learning channel, he's redeeming in this day and in this hour for such a time as this. He redeems in Esther's day just as easily as he can redeem in our day because he is outside of time and space. He's not bound by our limitations. I believe he is graciously restoring GLC to reach people with the words that they most need to hear right now. He wants to touch viewers with his redemption in this day and in this hour because there aren't very many places we can turn to to hear the message of redemption. GLC has a redemptive purpose and that is to share biblical promises and biblical teachings with viewers today because there's very little of that that's out there and available for people. Wow. And I really appreciate your endorsement of GLC, Valerie. I really do. You know, I'm even more excited about what you're teaching and what America can learn. You know, some would say that that throughout the book of Judges, um, uh, Israel went through a cycle over and over again. They, they would start uh, with sin, and that sin would lead them into 
slavery, that slavery would lead them to sorrow and then sorrow to supplication and then to salvation. But then they'd go to right back into sin, right back into slavery, right back into sorrow and then supplication and salvation and yet back into what can we as Americans learn from the story of Esther and the people of Israel? Wow. Um, how much time do we have? <laughs> Plenty of time for you, sister. You know, uh, because God's learning channel's intention is to bring these words of redemption, deliverance, salvation, and hope, those are things we do see in the book of Esther. And Israel's living proof that his redemption, deliverance, salvation, and hope is alive and well today. It's, it's, it's GLC's intention to put that out there and, and to make it obvious for people, to give them something to hang on to. You know, I have had uh, GLC viewers call me, send me emails, contact me, and, and be hungry for this very thing. So when you say people are hungry, for the takeaway from the book of Esther. They're hungry for understanding where, what we can learn from Israel's survival and, and Israel's future and what that means to us. I'm hearing it from people who reach out to me and who are viewers of GLC. You know, I read a little something, and I know this is, this is a, a little side note here, but I read that if only 1,500 viewers would give $30 a month, it would be enough, enough to enable GLC to cover its daily operational expenses and to return regular quality programs to the air. And that, what a rare gift it is. We have this rare opportunity to be part of redemption. You know, that's what Esther did. And, and I think she knew that. The book of Esther doesn't tell us that Esther understood her role in redemption. Wow. But Mordecai understood it. And he is the one who told her that. He said, you know, if God, if you're not going to do this, if God is not going to redeem through you, he'll raise up someone else. But you need to know that you and you and your household will perish. But how do you know that you've been raised up for such a time as, as this? I believe every viewer who's watching this program has been raised up for such a time as this. Today is a little bit like finding our way through tar pits. When, when we read about, um, about the area around uh, Sodom and Gomorrah back, that was a many, many millennia ago. There were tar pits out there in the desert around uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And people, if you don't watch out, if they, if they weren't careful, they could fall into those tar pits. Well, we have tar pits today. They have different names. But if we can get caught up in a pattern of thinking that isn't productive, that doesn't edify us, that doesn't edify our families, that doesn't build the kingdom, that doesn't edify this nation or any other nation in the world, then it's as if we've fallen into a tar pit. And so we need to understand the Redeemer who loves us, first of all, 
and and be reminded every single day of what his message is, of what his assignment is for us today. I think GLC has a big role to play in that. If someone is getting ready for work, maybe they only have a few minutes, you know what, they can flip on GLC. And here's something that's gonna carry them through the day, that, that, that that's gonna change how they interact with someone they're going to come in contact with. People are hungry today, and we are the Bible with skin on. That is a, that's an old adage. We've heard it. I think there are posters out there that say that, yet it's never been more true. Right. It's never been more true. And so what's wonderful about the Spring Roundup for GLC is that it highlights our Redeemer. Our donations for messages about his redemption, they bless him first of all, and they demonstrate support for his message of redemption, but then they turn around and they bless us, they bless our families, they bless our world, they change our world. And if we can play a small part in that, what a tremendous opportunity that is. But we have to know the truth to be able to do it. Again, Valerie, uh, just blown away by your endorsement of GLC and your encouragement. And what you're really encouraging is not a specific network. What you're encouraging is the bold and fearless proclamation of the truth. Because we serve a king and a savior that is real uh, with a love that is really supernatural and supernaturally real. His word is alive. It is living, it is active, it is quick. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. We need his word now. And we need those who will boldly proclaim his word. People like you, Valerie, I'm so excited uh, <laughs> that we're having this season right now. And I'm excited about your new material that's gonna air on GLC. Folks, if you go to glc.us.com, it's very easy to help very easy to support. You can do it from your phone too. You, you can click the give tab and uh, you can use PayPal. You can use any credit card or debit card. Um, in the coming days, you'll see more and more things that we want to give to you as, as a gift of appreciation as well. But this roundup, you know, to coin that phrase that GLC has used for so many years, Valerie, it has another meaning to it too. We are rounding up the believers in the regions that we reach and beyond. You know, GLC has five TV towers, five cities. It's also major cable networks as a must carry, uncensored Christian network. Also on Roku uh, and uh, so many digital platforms as well. It's safe to say that we have a global footprint in many ways. And as the dark gets darker, the light gets brighter. GLC stands boldly as a light. Now, Valerie, you have had quite a presence in West Texas. I don't know if you've heard the things I've heard in the last uh, 15 years, but West Texas, many people have moved to West Texas, uh, the richest, most patriotic part of the country people don't know that <laughs> yes. and, and of course you can't beat texas that a good old texas spirit you know when 
when this administration was paying thugs to burn down cities and calling it protest and uh, staging field trips at the Capitol and calling that an insurrection, uh, you know, uh, when they were doing all that, Texas didn't want to go along with that. You know, uh, uh, the Marxist organization, uh, one of the two main two came to Wichita Falls and Wichita Falls showed up armed to the teeth and kindly let them know that they weren't welcome there. Same thing happened here in Amarillo. They, they wanted to come here and try to, to loot and destroy and all the good old Texans who love God and love America were on top of some of the buildings with their shotguns and encouraging them that burning down looting cities, even, even on the payroll of the left was not going to happen here. Uh, you can't beat Texas, but have you heard of any, anything of, of people intercessors that, that have been converging on to West Texas for these days that we are now in? Have you ever heard anything like that before? I first heard of that 30 years ago yeah. when uh, when we first moved to Lubbock. And, uh, and that's not the only place we've lived in West Texas. We've lived near God's Learning Channel before. Um, but when we first moved to Lubbock, I had some older women in the faith. They were global level intercessors, which I'm not. I love prayer, but that's not my primary spiritual gift. But these global intercessors, they came to me and they talked about that very thing. They talked about West Texas being a place of refuge. Uh, in the end times, that, those are the expression, that's the exact expression they used with me 30 years ago. I don't know how we could coin that in today's language, but they had prayer walked that land. And you know what, for all believers, it's really wonderful to live somewhere that's been prayer walked by people who believe in prayer. Because prayer has a way of changing things. And so, um, that's exciting for me, but I first heard that 30 years ago. So I know there's some truth to what you're saying. It's good to hear it again. Well, if you combine hunger with the Father and truth, man, that's quite a combination. It is. You know, Absolutely, things. it is. The, the, the um, device of the enemy is to isolate and eliminate. You know, you, you seldom see a sniper fire into the crowd. It's, it's when the target is isolated and then eliminated. I've seen people even in ministry do that, Valerie. Yeah. But, and you cannot accomplish good by using evil means. But how, how many of you know, folks, that you don't have to be isolated uh, and then thus eliminated, you can come together with believers who believe the way that you do. It doesn't have to be the exact same type of uh, theology, uh, but if you claim the Messiah is your Lord and God is our King, um, I tell you what, it is time to come together. Evil has no problem being united. That's true. <laughs> uh, they, 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 de they devour one another. Uh, and with these with these distractions and the art of distraction, sleight of hand, look over here, look over here as they try to take away your freedoms. And uh, but the righteous have ha have had an issue. You know, Valerie, I don't know what you think about uh, uh, day visions or, or imagery, but I'll never forget. You know, it just seemed one day that I was thinking about the bride. I was thinking about the body of Christ in America and 
and it was almost like I'm like I'm looking at you right now on the screen is you know the the hordes of Satan and the hordes of evil went where they wanted took whatever ground they wished but when they came beside the American uh, body of believers they were like shh, shh don't wake them up uh, because they're too busy standing around disqualifying each other in yeah. their own self-professed wisdom and when we do that in our own self-professed wisdom uh we become fools but how many know that the truth can set us free the truth can bring us together it's not our brand of denomination it's coming together what are some commonalities valerie that we can all come together on in this hour and in this time well you know in america and i think particularly in the west when we look at the old john wayne westerns and all of that we all have this pride of independence right. this idea that i can do it by myself when the one of the greatest things that we can learn from israel and from the jewish people the hebrew people is that it's not really about the individual it's about the community and if we can get our minds around that i think it will absolutely change uh, maybe some of the bad habits we have fallen into and help us acquire good habits for instance uh, uh it's 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 mandatory that we have a personal relationship with messiah but what about our neighbor it's about the redemption of the entire community what can we do to help the entire community have that relationship rabbi paul didn't he say i i vowed to be all things to all men so that by all possible means i might win some he did not stand out there to say well you believe this i don't believe that way therefore i can't fellowship with you which is what we do tend to do as as groups of believers so we need to somehow push that aside because that's very western that's a that's a western mindset that's not a biblical mindset a biblical mindset is a hebraic mindset mm -hmm. and that is that it's about the community it's about the redemption of the community if if one hurts if one is injured everyone hurts wow if one is lost everyone's affected if one comes to salvation or deliverance everyone rejoices and that's it's really about the community i have an example we in 1990 we were living in dallas we haven't moved to west texas yet that happened in 92 or no that happened later in 1990 sorry we moved to the middle and odessa area in late in 1990 but as soon as the iron curtain fell we signed up through the dallas morning news to have pen pals from russia okay and we were assigned a family who had similar interests as us, which were interests like photography and art and things like that. And so they had been, they were our pen pals long before there was a such a thing as email. Before any of us had email accounts, we were writing snail, snail mail letters to them and they lived in the Ukraine. And we had been in contact with them since the year 1990. Well, as Russia has pushed into Ukraine, 
I have been aching. I have been physically aching. I have laid awake at night because their lives were in danger. They're, they're part of the community. You know, they may not have the same uh, orientation toward the Torah that I do, but they love the master. They love Jesus. They love the Messiah. And I was able to lead them there through the mail. And I, in, in the nineties, I, you know, I wrote the typical stuff. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's the Romans road. I put it in a, a letter to the Ukraine, to them in the 90s, and they've been believers all this time. 25 years they've been believers. And so as their lives have been endangered and they've been texting me on uh, Messenger, um, I've, I have known some things that I'm not hearing from the media, and that is uh, what Russia is actually doing there. And half of the family got out. Half of the family is in a Russian-controlled city in southern Ukraine. Well, because it's about community, I feel the bondage that they're in. I'm in community with them. I am a mother in Israel for them because I led them to the Messiah of Israel. And so I heard when they heard that idea of community is something that's hard for Western believers to get our minds around, but it's what it's biblical. And it's what King David felt. It's what Rabbi Paul felt. It's what all the apostles felt. It's about community. It's about community. You know, even on the day of Pentecost, uh, uh, there was a there was a miraculous gift, these supernatural languages, but they happened to be the languages of all the people who were in town for a pilgrim feast. They were re required to be there for the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot, also known as Pentecost. And so those the message of redemption came in languages so everyone could get it. And when Kepha or Peter stood up to preach his famous sermon, he said, you know what? We've got King David and uh, he, his, his tomb is with us to this day. And he's, he's probably standing on the Southern steps giving this message. That's the way the common people would go up to, to the Temple Mount through the Southern steps. So he's standing on the Southern steps. There's a lot of platforms there he could stand on. Thousands of people could gather around him and it's a natural amphitheater. They could all hear him. And he said, and we've, we've got David, you know, we, we had King David and the things that he wrote tell us about this Messiah. And so he immediately went to community and what happened? 3,000 believed. 3,000 believed. So if we can get our mindset, if we can get out of the pattern of I did it my way, to the pattern of community. That's what we can learn from Israel. And that's what the Bible is really all about, community. It's not just us. We're part of a bigger picture. We're, we're part of a bigger picture. And uh, if we can walk in community, the redemption of the community, we will change our world. And with true community, true brotherhood yes. and sisterhood, walking in the light as he is in the light, having fellowship 
with one another. You know, folks, the enemy of the best is the good. There's a lot of good things you can do. What's the best to do? Community may not be a huge crowd of people and skinny jeans and fog machines and you don't even know the name of the person next to you. And you go home no more acquainted with someone else than the man on the moon. But those things can be good. But the best is to have community. When you bleed, I bleed. When you hurt, I hurt. Yes. When you rejoice, I rejoice. It is time yeah. that we come together. You know, our friend Larry Lee, you know, he, he knows what the Lord was talking about when, uh, about communion, having communion with each other and, you know, remember me. And, and of course, you know, Messiah, Jesus was, Yeshua was saying, remember me when you, when you do this and you come together in community. But if you ever think about the actual English word, remember me, in a way it's remembering bringing the body back together, the arms, the legs, the hands, the feet, uh, as one body with different functions. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful tapestry of God. It's a beautiful symphony. If everyone was a trumpet, wouldn't sound the same. We all have our parts to play. But I love the part you're playing, Valerie, and Thank the you. part that you've had uh, in the symphony of the kingdom of God and the history of his work on the earth. And I'm excited about the next part you play with all this new wonderful material. Thank you for your endorsements of GLC. Thank you for just being and for your wisdom and your teaching gift that we're going to get to enjoy a lot more of. It's great seeing you, Valerie. We'll thank see you, you Grant. It's a great honor. And thank you folks for watching. We'll see you next time.